Hello and welcome to the Science Fiction Book Review Podcast. My name is Luke Burridge and this is the show where I review every single science fiction book that I read as I read it. There's no set schedule, it's just whenever I finish a book I do the review and stick it up here on the podcast feed for everyone to download and listen to. Hopefully enjoy. Joining me today, like normal, is Juliana. Say hello, Juliana. Hello, everyone. And today we're going to be talking about a book from a modern movement of science fiction, which we've been talking about recently. Have we? Yeah, we, I've been saying, what is the current state or what? what is the current, like, what's the stuff that's always nominated for the Hugo Awards and the Nebula Awards? And you've often asked me, like, is it because it's nominated because it won a Hugo Award or a Nebula Award? Or, like the book that we did an episode on last time, Network Effect, it won the Hugo and the Nebula. It was a Hugo Award winning. Mm. Is that a sign of quality? Yes. And I said, no, it's not. It's just one signal that people like it. You know, this is what the and whole last episode the, was. The people who then vote for these uh, awards yeah. do like it the, too. The people, the people who vote for the awards like the book enough, or the author of the book enough. In fact, I think this, they like the series enough uh, of this network effect. I'm going to go to another book which fits in with this same mould of, you know, the last five, six, seven years of um, science fiction that is nominated for and wins Hugo Awards and Nebula Awards. And I want to... So this one... This did, did this win? No, it was nominated. Award? It was nominated. Oh, it was a nomination. I, I selected this book not because it was nominated. Well, maybe it entered into my to-read list because it was nominated. Um, but it's one of those times where I go to my Goodreads list, look at my to-read list, mm. sort by star ratings, overall star ratings on Goodreads, and this was near the top. Ooh. Uh, let me actually bring it up here. Tell me, tell me the book. What is it? Uh, it's Black Sun mm-hmm. by Rebecca Roanhorse. Or Rebecca Roanhorse. Rowan Horse. Rowan Horse. I think that's how they said it in the audiobook. And it's Between Earth and Sky, number one. It's a fantasy book. And that's all I knew about it going in, except that it was rated 4.22 out of five stars by general readers on Goodreads. Pretty good. Pretty good rating. Yeah. Pretty good rating. Um, And, spoiler alert... Which is the thing that I don't, want, don't actually like to be in books, as we mentioned. Yeah, but time. we're not in a book. Not we are, like, book. actually uh, in real life. For, I say, if you want to know what I think about this book, I'm just going to say it out, out straight away. I quite enjoyed this book. I thought <laughs> okay. this was a good listen. I got through it very quickly. It was exciting enough. It cool. went along breezily. I would say competently written, mostly. Okay. okay? And fantasy. And a fantasy book. Yeah. And this is a perfect example of this new kind of movement in science fiction. Which but I it's didn't... fantasy. Yeah, no, it's science fiction fantasy. They're both... Uh, that, the, uh, the Hugo Awards are for science fiction fantasy. The oh, Nebula okay. Awards are for science fiction fantasy. Generally more science fiction-y. Generally leans more science fiction, but fantasy is, you know... But they is... also have a category where they give out... No, fan... no, no it's the it's Hugo just... Nebula Awards are just for just science one... fiction fantasy writers in America. Oh, I see. Uh, or readers and fans in, in yeah. America. And I guess the world in terms of that. But I think the Nebula is specifically the... I think it's like the North America Science Fiction and Fantasy Writers Association or something like that. I can't remember exactly. Okay. Um, how that works out. Anyway, so this book fits in with the mold of that, and I've been trying to kind of formulate where this where this comes from. Like, what what is this? And I saw a word for this kind of stuff, which is uh, tour wave, was something that I heard before. Yeah. Because it's like lots of tour publishing. If I look up now for Hugo I... Award for best novel, let me get to this point. Yeah. It goes like this. Um, uh, oh, I'm scrolling the wrong way with my mouse. Recently, um, la- last year, there's one, two, three, four. Four of the six books are published by Tor 
Tor Mantle Books or Tor.com Publishing slash Orbit UK or whatever like that. So uh, the year before that, it's uh, it's one, two, three out of six books. These are nominated. These are the books that are nominated for the Hugo Awards. The the year before that, Tor, 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 four out of six. You right. Know, so, um, There's a clear... Yeah, the others are Saga Press, which I guess is like Simon & Schuster or something. To be honest, I don't know exactly. Um, but yeah, going, going back here, Orbit Books UK seems to be part of that Tor Books. So this is some Something that it's becoming like a, a very noticeable product which is like in the same way that Disney you know when you go to Disney you open the Disney Disney Plus TV app yeah you know that there's going to be a certain style of entertainment there um, yes. and so this is kind of what you're expecting when you when you if you're getting a book from tour the ones that they're putting forward and publishing and like putting their publishing and uh, marketing uh, behind which then these get um you know nominated and winning these awards and things like yeah. that that you know that uh, tour wave is a good name for it but it's weird that it's named after a publisher and it's kind of like oh is it new wave or is it not new? like you, you know because new wave is where they get the the wave from yeah um no, I get it. But I've, I have, I've, this, I've, I've I have heard one about, question yeah, that's really... On. You, I need to intersect at yeah, some point, yeah, yeah. otherwise it just doesn't fit anymore. So I have seen this tour.com. Yeah. And I was always thinking, oh, this is just like an online platform. No, it's, where a, it's a publishing can, website. But it is a publisher, like yeah. uh, like Penguin uh, books. Yeah, yeah, well, it's or, like the web... Tor.com is the website which is like part of it. And if you want to read short stories, lots and lots of the short stories which get nominated for the short story awards and novellas are all from tour.com as well. Okay, but they are also like they're still printing books, or is it purely um, digital? Yeah, yeah, printing books as well. Yeah, but okay. it says here, Martha Wells Network Effect Tor.com Publishing. I'm just hovering over Tor.com is an online science fiction and fantasy magazine published by Tor Books. Um, so division of Tom Doherty Associates, uh, Macmillan Publishers. So okay, Tor.com so is, is like a, yeah, it's like an online short story fiction magazine thing. Okay. But when those authors who are part of that stable are like, you know, I've published four novellas via Tor.com. Right. Now I've got a uh, now I've got a, a novel that yeah. goes in that series. Okay. Martha and then Wells they says, publish that. They publish mm. it. Okay. okay. It's like in with Tor. Anyway, okay. That clarifies a few things. Let's move me. on from that because that name never really stuck with me because it didn't really feel like it was Tor there. wave but i've now discovered the new name the new name yesterday i woke up in the morning and checked twitter i mean it wasn't the first thing i did but i also checked twitter yeah and i saw i was tagged in a in a post from um sff audio okay uh, and uh, that's jesse and the gang they haven't released a podcast where i mentioned in it but he released all the 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 notes there's like a massive like 20 tweet long notes thread of all the stuff that's mentioned in the podcast okay and this is why i don't follow sff audio on twitter because it's just overwhelming but i was notified that was in here yeah and it said this this is um this is the the full text this is from a long stream of notes yeah that of, of the stuff that are mentioned in the podcast okay it says this squeeing about squeecore book very inside baseball stuff. The science fiction book review podcast. Luke Bowage doesn't submit. He's a juggler. If you campaign, you have to nice say nice things all the time. Narrowing and narrowing the field. Other people who are like you. So that's all I had. And this is literally completely out of context that I just know okay. that I was mentioned in an episode of the science fiction book, uh, no, on the SFF audio podcast. Yeah. And somebody was talking about something called Squeecore and people squeeing about a Squeecore book. And then I came up saying Luke Burridge doesn't submit. He's a juggler. And yeah. so in other words, I think that like, uh, I think the idea is there again of a podcast I've not listened to based purely on my mention being <laughs> at mentioned in some notes. It feels like people 
always get enthusiastic about books. And just if I'm enthusiastic about a book doesn't mean that I'm squeeing about a book, which I'll define in a second for you. Yeah. Um, but when that looked, when I read that, I was like, I knew immediately what squee, what a squee core book was. I think it's kind of in the word. And it's, it's, but it's, I wanna... it's the same tour wave thing. And as soon as I read it, I was like, oh, I know what that means. Squee core. Yeah. I like by reading so much of it and it bits because it's all in the awards. Yeah. I knew exactly what people were talking about on the first mention. So one thing I now need to clarify here. Yeah. Um, I don't have an issue with squee. You yeah. can talk about that in a bit. Yeah. Um, what I what I had a little bit of trouble when you first talked to me about yeah. it. I was I didn't understand what this core was well, like. like is it core, as in core? Know. It doesn't like matter. the or is it like in in, in a core as in doesn't like matter. a military core? It doesn't matter. No core. C O R E core. Okay. Like as in a hardcore. Core. Okay. But not good. hardcore. Squeak core. core. Yeah. But it doesn't mean anything. Like that word doesn't mean anything. It's just a it's just a suffix signifier. Like yeah. when you say something is like um, you know Watergate was the name of a hotel yeah, but then yeah. gate becomes whatever the latest uh, whatever thing the is scandals so that's why tour wave i was like is it a wave if it's like mostly one publisher it, it could be a wave like the, something being a wave is like a uh, an artistic movement something mm. being core like hardcore the other one is of course cyberpunk um you yeah. know cyberpunk then it goes on to you know biopunk and steampunk and yeah. uh, all of these other punk things come into it as well yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, Squeecore is the name, and Squee is the squeal of excitement, of recognition, and tr of triumph. Yes. Um, so you go, oh, someone did something like wee, like squee, like whatever. Yay. Um, it's funny the uh, the omnibus podcast, which is you know some two random guys talking about pop culture stuff. They just did an episode on twee, and twee Ooh, is twee. Yeah, twee is music, which is sort of like this like this uh, like indie music, but really gentle, like Bell and Sebastian kind of stuff. And they did a whole podcast, okay. and then. And they were trying to track down where twee comes from and it's yeah. sort of like oh yeah it's like the it's like the songs that winnie the pooh sings and it's you know and it's like the uh, um you know paul mccartney was like the twee one who was all like doop -a -doop -a, you know like uh, yeah you know the, paul mccartney's music was twee um and that was kind of balanced out by john lennon's like whatever the opposite of twee was that <laughs> yeah. made the Beatles so okay. good. But is twee like, is that just a normal, is that a normal word? No, or is that, well, a, that a again, they talked word? about it and it comes from, it's like sweet, like tweety pie. It's oh. like a, a baby way of saying, oh, that's so tweet. That's so tweet. Okay. Um, twee, it's re really twee, you know, yeah. like that oh, okay. kind of baby talk. So it's just sort of like, anyway, I don't want to, this isn't twee, but again, it, it kind of squee. reminds me of the same. It's squee and squee is like the, uh, like the, you know, see something and you're like, woo. Wee, like that kind of yeah. stuff. Anyway, um, I think Squeecore, the name, is uh, deliciously uh, denigrating to the the, uh, the actual form. Because what people don't like about Squeecore isn't that they, they're not good books. It's that it's, I don't know, it's it, because it's so dominant in awards at the yeah. moment. And I think it's great that the name for this, and again, I went and Googled this and I found some people writing. It's like just from this year, like earlier this year. Okay. And it, and it and I listened to a podcast and they're saying that, yeah, this is pretty much the reaction to in the Hugo Award nominating process back in 2015 mm -hmm. with the sad puppies and the rabid puppets, which I'm not going to get into, but really what it was, it was like more of a conservative and then right wing and then far right wing and then Gamergate, uh, you know, fascist adjacent, whatever kind of campaign yeah. to get more conservative, like less, less uh, progressive, like, oh, we don't want 
you know, we don't want too much representation. Why can't we just read a book with some white men doing adventurous stuff, you know? Why can't the books <laughs> yeah. just have someone with a laser gun, like a white person with a laser gun? You pick it up and you're not going to feel preached to and you're not going to feel pitched at and you're not going to feel like someone's going, oh, inclusion is the thing and representation is the thing, you know, like that kind of stuff. Yeah. Which is terrible and it's good that they were defeated. But then the group, like the core group that came together, like that decided, oh, we're going to change the rules to make sure this doesn't happen again. Yeah. And we're going to then start nominating each other in terms of like, you know, like, oh, I think you should vote for this other person. Uh, ah. like, and then, you know, and then in the future, they'll say, oh, this person's got a book coming out. You shouldn't, you know, all the, the group that came together, mm. which is now that group of people who are writing Squeakor, mm. it, that's that's now taken over. And people right. say... And I read, I said this, saw this one thing, which is again, this is stuff that I've been thinking about for the last year or few years. We're in this situation, like there's definitely a vibe, there's definitely a tone, and I've been teasing it out in all my reviews of all these Hugo winners and Hugo nominees and Nebula winners and Nebula nominees of like when done well like it's not about the quality of it but i think there is now like a slate of authors or a, a, a not a slate not an official slate of authors but there's a, a group of authors that if they put out a work it's kind of the safe thing to do to nominate them and then mm. vote for them and them to be to get in yeah and i saw someone say oh the last um white man to win a uh, to, to to win a uh, um a, a hugo award yeah. was john scolsey Yes. And I want to say John Scolsey is for me the the proto like he is like the platonic ideal of Squeecore. His book that that last Emprox series <laughs> yeah. was everything that I don't like about Squeecore put into one book or put into a series of books. Yeah. And the one thing that I dislike most about it now is that it's become such an obvious in-group and like, if you're in that group, it's great. You can you can get away with writing garbage and it will be nominated and it will win. And yeah. this year's Hugo Awards slate, um, I think is like really weak. However, I haven't read it all, but there's one book that stands out, which is Andy Weir, which he's writing like not, and this is not Squeakor, although it is in some ways, because he's kind yeah. of written a book which is as close to Squeakor as possible, but it's still based on science or whatever, like that, a lot more yeah, about yeah, that. Yeah, but it's still, it still fits. It's like, it still kind of fits, yeah, and yeah. it's also one of the worst books that I've read recently. Um, but A Desolation Called Peace, which is Arcady Martin, which is, you know, also nominated for Hugo, I read, really enjoyed, I rate really highly and think it's really good. So I don't want to say off the t I don't want to say blanket that none of these authors are good authors and none of these authors can write books which I enjoy. Mm. Like some of these books I've given five stars to, you yes. know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I can't think of what I've done now, but A Memory Called Empire, four-star book, you know. What else? I'm not going to mention Calculating Skies, but, you know, The Fifth Season, that book, amazing. That start of that series was some of the some fantastic yes, science fiction yes, fantasy yeah. stuff um three body problem i didn't enjoy but ancillary justice also really really good yeah i think these i'm going back now to these some of these earlier books of these where you can see that you, these antecedents of that you know where you're like going oh right okay this is this is good it's got good representation mm -hmm. they're doing where fun started, things yeah. and i've talked about this before it's got good gender representation and trans representation and and racial representation and also doing stuff with like oh this is a gender fluid or like you know the um ancillary sword where like everybody it's written from a spaceship's point of view and everything is written you know without yeah. without pronouns or with one pronoun yeah. you know so, some fun experimentation yeah. in writing and no absolutely not fun experimentation in writing that's exactly what it isn't it is it is portrayals of um uh of 
uh, what am I trying to say? Yeah, it's like representation. It's, it's different portrayals and representation. Uh, in that case, that was one thing that was in that book, which yes. is like that one book, what, that, that is the only book which had any kind of experimentation. All of these other Squeakor books have representation. Sorry, that, that's the only one with experimentation. That's so, what I just talked about. Yes, I okay, talked that about one that, book. But I, you, I want to make it clear that that one bit of experimentation is more experimentation than most of these other books oh, put yeah. into their novels. Oh, yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know? Yeah, yeah I, I, um, I wasn't referring to... But you just went through and you talked yeah, yeah, about yeah. Ancillary Justice yes, or and Sword. Yes, because that's early on. That's yeah. early Squeakor. The yeah. same thing with Nine Fox Gambit very like interestingly experimental yeah. nk jemison the yeah the, the first one the fifth season there's an interesting structure going on there where you've got these uh, you know three different points of view and how they come together i don't want to give it away for people who haven't read it but it's a fantastic journey it's a fantastic reading literary journey to be taken on yeah absolutely so again some of these writers fantastic writers some of these books fantastic books some of these books i give them five stars to you know no problem at all about that my issue with it though and this is this is for me listening to people who coined the word squeakor and then were piled on by all the squeakor authors and stuff like that um of course they were because people because it's a it's a it's a denigrating title and yeah. i think i think that's a good place i think if some if a gr some a group of authors are continuing to sweep the awards over and over like yeah. that yeah it's now it's the time to give that a name which if you're not liking something about it for me it's mostly the stylistic and aesthetic and and craft point of view. Yeah, yeah. The thing is, there's a massive lack of craft of writing of good writing in these books, and but because they're part of a movement of a of a literary or artistic or stylistic movement and also a political movement, but I want to get into that in a minute. There's so much bad writing can be get away with and still win awards. Yeah. So it's being it, it's being propped up by yeah. It kind of uh, makes the award. Uh, kind of meaningless no no it doesn't uh, no in the sense that uh it's like authors can write a book and they are in the circle and they have written good stuff before yeah, like yeah. we have wit witnessed it yeah but then they get away with writing a book that's like yeah it's a, it's a book yeah but then they get honored for it but not for the book but for all the previous stuff and for the the person they are and or like because they are in the circle and yeah. now it's their turn now i don't again all of this to say, I'm now go I'm going to review a book now that I mostly enjoyed. Okay. Yeah. And I, but I want to bring out some of the points which people have, like. I, I listened to this podcast. I should have actually looked it up. Let me quickly look it up. <laughs> How can you like? This is like we talked about 20 minutes now I, I about know, this. I, yeah, stuff. it's called. It was called. The podcast is called <laughs> um, "Write the Right Good Podcast," and it was the people in there or in their Discord came up with the, the with the term um, "squeakor." Okay, say that podcast name again. Write good. Write good. Okay. Uh, it's a podcast about writing called Write Good. It's spelled weird, but I'm going to leave it up to the listener to discover how to search for Write Good. There's like yes. many ways to spell it, and it's not any of the ways you're thinking of, but it's the Write Good podcast. Just search, do what I did when I was mentioned in a tweet which talked about Squeakor. All I did was Google Squeakor, and I came up with the with the, the things. With a bunch of things. So yeah. I'm probably not going to continue using this name, Squeakor, in mm. the future. Because, again, I think it's a little bit too disparaging. Like, I think it is like... It, it's it's loading too much onto the quality of the book, mm -hmm. and I don't want to. And I don't want to. When I'm talking about this book, I'm going to talk about how I enjoyed the book. Mm. But also, I want to talk about what the what the the factors are that make people think, oh, this is a perfect squeakor book. Yeah. But I don't want to. I don't want to use that term as a, in a, in a denigrating way. Even if I think individual books and individual authors maybe need denigrating a bit more, and 
I don't know. There's no way for me to say don't vote for any of these in the thing because like I don't have any say. It costs fifty dollars to vote in the Hugo Awards. Okay. Or if you get that's that's just for a non-convention voting ticket. So if you really care about this, yep, pay fifty dollars and you can change it. But there's nothing for me to vote for. You no. know, there is no there's nothing for me to vote for here. We're just the outside. Although to be honest, unlockers. I'd probably vote for a desolation or be uh, called peace against any of those others of the the one other I've read. Either way, it doesn't matter. My point being that I'm going to review this book. And I'm just going to keep in, in, in mind what Squeakor is. Okay. Sorry. Well, you're, you're, no, it's, it's very I hot. Had a very, it's uh, very hot. Tiring. I'm going to bring up my news. Everything. My, my notes. Uh, Black Sun by Rebecca Roanhorse. I went in without knowing this at all. I got about a quarter of the way through and I was like, hey, is this one of those books which is a fantasy book which is set in a world which is like based on, you know, I did the same thing with an NK Jemison book and I was like, got halfway, like I got all the way to the end and was like, uh, only when I went back and listened to the introduction did I realize it was based on Egyptian mythology. Ah. And then I was like, let me just go and check. And this one, it turns out, is based on some like, you know, like non-Western European or Northern European fantasy stuff. Um, Rebecca Roanhorse is a, uh, let me bring it up here. How does she describe herself or how is she doing? Um, she's an American science fiction and fantasy writer from New Mexico. Uh, she has written short stories and science fiction novels featuring Navajo characters. So she is a Native American, or whatever the term is. Let me wherever she. She's from the uh, the Ok Owinge Pueblo, an African American descent. Um, cool. So that's where she is. Although she's not enrolled as a tribal member, but it doesn't matter. Half black and half Spanish and half Spanish Indian. So a mix there and she's now writing science fiction with using some Navajo myths and Navajo uh, ideas or characters or okay. whatever apparently but it was literally I was quite a way into this book when I was like oh this isn't just typical fantasy unfortunately I think one of the issues with this book is that in the end it, com- it just ends up being very very normal fantasy but with the magic a bit weird a bit different from normal but otherwise, I, I, the uh, the setup is is oh when I, the reading experience isn't that different from like a normal fantasy book. Which okay, is weird. Uh, I know I, I know this is now you want to keep talking about it, but yeah. I think um, books like this I haven't read it. Yeah, but from your description, yeah, what I can see is that in this kind of stuff is for other Native American people who read the book and then recognize their stuff. Maybe stuff that you don't recognize. Yeah, and maybe there's I don't no, recognize. There's no need, and uh, yeah, yeah. but and that's totally so fine. I, I think that's cool. It's it's cool again, and it's good that an author from a different background, ethnically ethnic background, is uh, is you know going going along you know and, and has an opportunity to publish stuff like this. It's all cool. Um, so what do I want to see? Uh, want to say? So what's the publisher then for this book? Uh, probably Tor. I'm just going to guess. <laughs> let me let me go over here. Um, where when was it? When was it? Uh, Black Sun. Oh, Saga Press. Okay. So the the other the other one which is mostly, one mostly nominated yeah okay so uh, the setup is you've got the crow you've got the crow king and there's a, a guy a, a young boy at the very opening chapter his name is Serapio mm-hmm. and um, a really very 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 good quite violent quite horrific thing that his mother does to him to prepare him to in the future be a god 
uh, the bearer of the god, like to spot, like to become the to become the chosen one, and okay. go on and to become the crow god okay. or whatever, the dark god. And it's a, a ceremony that takes place underneath a black sun. Uh, uh, the um, what do you call it? Uh, eclipse. An eclipse. Uh, solar eclipse. Oh, okay. Yeah. So because you started this whole like, oh, and it's the, this story about this guy, and it's a very good, and then it went into. Uh, oh, like horrific ceremony yeah yeah so and then it's... and then nothing of that quality turns up for the rest of the book it's a very good opening book um and it's and it's opening crazy chapter. it's a very good opening chapter yeah very affecting very interesting and sets up a story which is fun but nowhere close to that so like peaked early it honestly feels like this was like a short story writing exercise and it's like write a short story about how will someone become you know the chosen one of the crow god that to bring about the black sun whatever um so then we fast forward uh, 10 years later oh when he's an adult okay whatever mid now he's in he's not 12 years old anymore he's in his mid-20s we have various flashbacks to how he was trained to mm -hmm. do this and all the training that he's got from other people who are part of this crow crow clan something from somewhere else and then we have these four different viewpoint characters going through like leading up to a big event and okay. it's always like counting down i think it's sort of like it's year 325 of the sun two weeks before the convergence mm. and the convergence okay. is another eclipse so there's oh, the, the end of the book or i wasn't actually quite sure if it was counting down to the end of the book or if like it put it this way if it got to the very last page mm. and it's sort of like one day before the convergence i'd be like ah you can't do that but it did. It kind of counts down to a solar eclipse that's happening in two weeks' time. So the book goes from one solar eclipse to the next one. Well, one solar eclipse is in like this opening chapter, which then becomes flashback chapters. Yes. And then they're like, where is the next solar eclipse going to take place on the Crescent Sea? Which to me, when I was thinking about it, felt a bit like, first of all, it felt Mediterranean. But then I was like, oh, no, no, it's like the Gulf of Mexico. She comes yeah. from she comes from New Mexico or Texas or wherever she's from. So I'm thinking like, all oh, right, there's these different tribes as you go along. And uh, interesting, the, 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 the world building is very kind of tribal. Like mm. there's these different tribes. And there isn't one over uh, like overwhelming, um, like empire that yeah. has conquered all of it it's no. like no everywhere that you go there's like a different tribe of people yeah. so that's kind of an interesting setup like like of the political system that is, yeah. is being is being set up there which i found quite interesting um and then we have uh four different viewpoint characters serapio is one of them at that point he's blind and so he has to have help traveling from one place to another place yeah he's, he's and guess what he's got exactly two weeks to get there they're going <laughs> to sail around the crescent sea and then up a river which for me again felt like oh they're starting off like in you know mexico the yucatan peninsula they're going to go around and then they're going to go a bit up the mississippi to wherever those you know mounds are or whatever the wherever you're going to go to it's that yeah. it's, it's that kind of feeling which yeah. is you know an interesting setup for a fantasy book um for three other um viewpoint characters you've got um um akoa mm -hmm. which is who is like one of the the crow uh people and he flies around on a big crow which is big enough to carry him around he's mm. like a crow warrior fun um and he's the son of the leader of the crow clan i think or something like that son of someone important I finished this book about a week ago. Oh, uh, yeah, last Thursday or whatever it was. <laughs> yeah. So I can't remember exactly his uh, uh, thing. Um, oh, actually, I just remembered uh, in the in the audiobook, it came with a glossary, a PDF glossary of, of character oh, names. So nice. I guess I could just look at it there. Also, That's you good. have Narumpa, who is a priestess, part of the, the Sun Clan or the Sun, sun Priestess kind of thing. Uh, what was I going to say? Uh, um... 
Uh, yeah, the Sun Clan. And the Sun Clan is like, yeah, you give your child over to it. It's like a religion and mm-hmm. they do calendar stuff. Like they, they work with calendars. They, and so say, they, they find out when the ex- actually the eclipses yeah, are and that happening. Kind of stuff. And some other stuff as well. Not entirely yeah. clear. And then you've got like the second, well, I'd say the second main character or pretty much the main character of the book. Like if you were going to say, make this novel not have four viewpoint characters, just have one viewpoint character. Who is the most interesting character and who's the one who's most dynamic? And that is Shiala, which is spelled X. I-A-L-A but so um, but because you're using some X's in there a bit like the uh, Mexican usage mm-hmm. I guess so this is Shiala and she starts off she's a sailor and she's in jail and then she's kind of like oh she wakes up and she's like why am I in jail I was really drunk last night you know and then <laughs> um, she's had an adventure where she like slept with somebody's wife or something like a nobleman's wife and then another nobleman comes out and says hey I need a captain for a ship you're one of the you're from the seafaring people yeah. over there somewhere i'm thinking maybe like polynesian maybe i'm not entirely sure this is again me just like grabbing some new world uh People. But it's like certainly not she's, set on on like in our earth. No, no, it's not of, earth. But I'm just right. saying it's influenced by. Say she's the Moana character, right. where she's got the connection with the sea, and the sea yeah. helps her. And that is that is literally true. She okay. is a character, and her people have a connection with the sea and cool. pray pray to the sea goddess, and the sea goddess helps them out. Um, so if she so do, if she does the right the right things, she can like in the, when there's a storm, or uh, she can make it so the literally Moana like push the boat along yeah. with the power of the. Sea. And then get, make the wind for the sail. No, not stuff. the wind. Specifically, not the wind. Not the very wind. much not the wind. Yeah. Very much just the sea. Just the sea. Yeah. Okay. And the so it feels very much like earth, water, fire, whatever, because yeah. you have this the seafaring people yep. with the water, yep. and then you have the people who yep. are in the air with the crows. Yep. So then oh, there's that, also that's... eagle clan, an insect clan. There's okay. other people. Yeah. There's other things as well. So yeah, yeah. very nature based. Mm-hmm. Um, with avatars of of nature yeah. and atavistic stuff is that the right word i don't know maybe that's the wrong word to say either way yeah um so yeah and um and so what they do is that she gets hits she, he take she the this nobleman says take this guy you've got two weeks to get him over to this place there and she's like wow two weeks that's too quick i can't go around the edge of the crescency i've got to go straight across the middle of this crescency right. so a big chunk of this book is a sea adventure with um, with Shiala and Serapio, uh, the blind guy, and all of the sailors that they're with. Okay. And it's very kind of predictable. You know, exactly all the kind of things that you expect to go. Okay, sea adventure. What's going to happen? One. They run out of water. Yes. Next one, go. No wind. Yes, exactly. Next one, go. They run on uh, dry land. Or no, no, the, no. The that, boat doesn't, that doesn't happen because they're, they're in the middle of the sea. Oh, the middle of the sea. Uh, another thing that happens they're, on a boat at sea. They're being attacked by sharks or animals from uh, the sea. Remember they shark. need pirates. Yeah, well, yeah, maybe. No, I'm talking about there's a storm, there's a oh, mutiny, a you know, yeah, that, yeah, all yeah. that same kind of stuff. So not not exactly the uh, the most um, uh, creative things that happen at sea, but a perfectly serviceable things fantasy that sea adventure. Sea. Yeah. Absolutely perfectly serviceable with stuff going on magic some magic stuff going on some like oh mutiny stuff yeah all good stuff um and also romance i didn't realize how romance was this but of course there is a romance between serapio who's blind and the bad boy and our main character shiala who is also a bad she's a bad girl and she's like oh why do i always fall for the pretty ones even though he's like his he's blind and he's got scars all over him from this ceremony that he's only okay uh, but oh yeah like this so there's a there's a um a, a romance that goes on 
and bringing into the the, the typical tour wave squeak core kind of stuff it's very chaste it's very very young adult talk about wow ask, talk how, about how old are these people yeah like early 20s or something okay. but in the same way that a lot of these um characters come in and they're like blank canvases like these nothing characters yeah it feels like young adults even though they've they've had like a very like a big a trauma in the background we know them as well serapio feels very young again because we keep having flashbacks to his to his youngness into his youth yeah it feels like we're not really progressing on Mm. like all he's ever had is a childhood yeah and it's like a coming of age story and she has got some history but we don't know but she's very naive about everything like she just doesn't know so much even though she's the captain and should know about everything so okay let me put it this way if you're a sea captain yeah and you're going from one place to another and you arrive there and they have a different form of ship propulsion there Mm -hmm. in this case so you get towed up river by a, a big swimming like water boat and swimming insect in front of you and you rig it up okay and your boat is towed along yeah how is that a surprise to you you're like if you're oh, the yeah. one who like yeah. i know that's a river and <laughs> your goddess is the sea but like it, it honestly feels crazy that like these are like some of these like world traveling people yeah and but so often they arrive somewhere and they're like oh i've never been here before and this is the first time i've ever known anything about this like there's actually yeah. insects big enough that they can when they swim in the water they can tow ships behind them or boats behind them at least up river yeah. like how is that not just a thing that is known in the world if there's trade going on between these places that's just something that like be... a sea captain would know about yes and again it's one of those things that is that is kind of this kind of a lazy writing thing where you're like oh how is it like how is this mentioned in a book it's like the opposite of the writing in that um uh was it isaac Steele and the forever man mm-hmm. uh, book where something's mentioned and you're like you don't explain it you just moved on with it it's like the opposite of that like everything that's mentioned which is new is then explained to the main characters as though they've never seen it before and as yeah, though it's completely new to them to explain it to us yeah, as to the reader. To us. yeah and it's a show don't tell but you know what i'd prefer to have had some telling at that point. Yeah. I would have preferred it to for Shiala to go, oh, and they've got the insects. And then a voice which isn't so close third person present tense like all of these books are can just take a step back and do the thing like the Peter Watts does and goes, right, now I'm going to explain to you how yep. insects work. You know? <laughs> yeah. And you just get in. Sometimes info dumping can do can richer work. world yeah. building and have better characters, characteristic, like character building stuff than a character just not knowing something and being a blank, blank, as blank slate as you are as the reader and them having le- them just learning stuff along yeah, the way. It's, it's, it's the kind of, is that the same kind of thing if a character looks into the mirror and then describes yeah, yeah, themselves? Yeah, 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 yeah. No, but no, but the thing is, so we know how they look like. Squeakor would never do that because that's something that's taught at the Clarion workshops that you're not meant to do. Mm. What they do is just not describe people and not so you can't picture them. You know, there's all of those human characters mm-hmm. in the uh, in the Network Effect book by Martha Wells that we talked about in the last episode, mm. where I'm suddenly like, oh, I can't picture any of these. You know, what would have been really good is to have them described better, more. Yeah. But well, the the advantage of that is is that basically these characters can be different people for every reader, or 
I cannot believe that someone is so ignorant or I can completely forget all of the characters yeah, as soon absolutely. as they're not mentioned in the audiobook for literally a minute. Yeah. And then I come back five minutes later and the character is mentioned again. I was like, I don't remember if this was the character who was mentioned 10 minutes ago doing this thing or five minutes ago doing this opposite thing. And they turned back up and they said, I did the job. I was like, I don't remember what that character did and what their job was. Right. Again, this book doesn't have that issue yeah. so much. I did re re like remember the names because the names are pretty good. Shiala, good. I recognize that as very different from Serapio, very different from Narumpa, very different from Akoa. Yeah. Like, uh, it's good. I could tell apart the different characters when they turned up. Very okay. different viewpoint characters. That's good. So, um, oh, meanwhile, Akoa is doing some stuff with his crow. Not really that interesting to be honest yeah, i'm not even quite sure why he's a, a a viewpoint character he does some interesting stuff right at the end but it did feel a bit like they were like mm, we need another character and wrote it at the end and they're like ah oh, what was he doing for the last two weeks okay go back and write those chapters earlier on okay but also this is a start of a series right yes, start of the series. so, so oh, i don't yeah, mind yeah. about this yeah, yeah don't mind about this so these people are introduced to appear later maybe yeah, maybe maybe yeah and i'm and again if you're doing fantasy in this way epic fantasy i'm totally fine with introducing characters who in this book might not do the most important things. right totally cool Narumpa oh my goodness there's always a character in these fantasy books where you're like not only why is this character in here but also why are we spending time with someone who is so useless and pathetic and annoying and it's so annoying that the other characters are all competent and then there's Narumpa over there in the Sun Clan and every time that she did anything and I spent any time with her I was like this is this is what's going on here. Like, why are we spending time with her? This is an always one I feel like, okay, uh, she is like the uh, the balance point uh, to, to the other characters to show how good the others are. Maybe, but the other characters aren't good. They're the bad guys. All the, the characters I've talked about are all like Crow Clan adjacent and sort of like more on the kind of animal side because normally you'd think the sun god that's the that's the important one this entire book revolves around people trying to deliver someone to end the sun to bring about the dark the black sun what yeah it's good it's interesting but okay. the characters you're rooting for are literally like and i'm gonna bring around the end of the world and you're <laughs> like oh that's your job is it right let's deliver you over there and that's who you're spending time with Okay. Yeah. Fine. Crow God. Let's go. Crow mm. God, the black one, like whatever. I don't know if that's actually going to happen because this book ends just before all of that goes down. Aww. Like it ends, it ends in the convergence, but it doesn't. It doesn't show the aftermath of what's going okay. on. Okay. Um. So, uh, my issue with this is what she was put in place. Like so the, there's always like the head of the Sun Clan, and that's yeah. a position that you get until until you die. And before you die, you nominate the next person who's going to take over your role, and then they're going to be in control of that monastery or yeah. whatever. Yeah, well, we had that before in other books. Yes, no problem. You, <laughs> they keep saying you're going to be the leader of the Sun Clan until you die, and I'm like. She's going to die and then she's going to come back to life. And it's literally that's happening at the end of the book. You can, uh, you can, I, I know maybe I'm giving away too much, but you're like, ah, I don't, uh, whatever. And it comes along and you're like, oh, right. Now, literally, like in the chapter before it's mentioned that she's going to die, they suddenly mention, oh, do you know you've got this magic which brings people back to life? Hmm, isn't this handy? And then like, oh, great, whatever. So um, uh Here's the thing. Let me put this, let me let me say it. Okay. Let me say it. How convenient. How convenient that one chapter before someone important is going to die, someone else yeah. is told that they have the power to bring people back to life. I just came up with a new uh word for this movement. What's that? It's the 
convenience. No, 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 no. That's that's our that's one complaint that we have about lazy writing. Yeah, but it comes up uh, time and time again. Yeah. Okay. So uh, Narumpa not very popular with her current people because she is trying to reform them. Mm. Unfortunately, never told what her reforms are. But she's the leader and she wants to change some stuff, but it's never said what it was like before. Oh, so the author doesn't like, tell the author us what... Okay. Like, Narumpa doesn't say. Nobody actually says, oh, that policy that you put in place that I really disagree with is why I'm going to do, you know, like that really annoying, like lowest possible level of deceptive politicking mm. and oh. backstabbing and stuff. Like, I love that. all of the stuff that I hated so much in the last Emperor series yeah. by uh, It's all by thingy, in, combined um, in this Gossip. character. No, no, it's not. It This sometimes reflects okay. some of the not worst parts of that but it <laughs> it made me think of that and I'm like ah no I don't someone, want someone who's put in place who isn't the right person for the job but slowly becomes good and what they do when they have to deal with this stuff anyway it's not it's nowhere near as bad as that but like when it brings to mind that but really all the time that I had with Narumpa all I was doing was questioning like I made some things what does she want why is she de- disliked what did she do wrong what was in the letter she wrote why did her brother change drastically from one chapter to the next what did her brother do after she left did she really have so little to do that she needed to be locked up for 10 days of the two weeks of the novel so she's just taken off the scene for a while <laughs> why did she keep saying that she would be the high priest until she died why was being uh, being uh, bringing someone back to life magic only introduced at the start of the chapter where she needed to be brought back to life <laughs> anyway so here's the thing all of the worst parts of this book were kind of wrapped up into that one character. Okay. And all the fun parts of the book were in these other chapters with <laughs> Serapio and uh, and what's his name? Uh, no, that's Serapio. Ap- no, is a- the Akoa and Shiala. Okay. And so apart from, uh, it wasn't terrible, but it was one of those things of like, why are we spending time with this person? Why are we spending time in the rumpa here? Not really. I needed. mean, this can work if then in the next book. All of these questions that yeah, you're yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, like, teasing what? you to, you know, keep yeah. keep reading to find out more. But really, hopefully. it honestly felt like uh, Rebecca Rowanhorst had this really interesting character. Yeah. Of or oh, these two interesting characters, and they, she wanted to do a romance together with them, mm. and she wanted that to be the uh, you know the, the fun romance with the, the the bad boy and the naughty girl, and then they they learn each other's magics, and you know, or they learn that the other are magic, you know, and they trade mm. off superpowers and they help each other out of scrapes. And they probably shouldn't. And they go like that. If that had just been the story, I'd been like, great, that great fun sea sea romance or whatever. But it has to be more like fantasy, epic fantasy stuff. So then you have to have more viewpoint characters, right. yeah. and then you have to have like a wider scope and other politicking and other magic going mm. on elsewhere and i did i that stuff wasn't so enjoyable like it was it did it always felt like a distraction from what i was interested in which are the two bad like to the two naughty characters having a, a chaste romance with each other yeah. and uh, having conversations and teaching each other about the world or whatever so how long is this book ah too long uh, but too- you know 12 hours i'm now going to open the audible app and see um uh, audible i should have just Open the uh, thing here. Black Sun. Uh, 12 hours and 47 minutes, so like 13 hours. Okay. Um, however, I just want to say, no matter how much I enjoyed this book all the way through, and I did enjoy it quite a lot, brisk read, I'm definitely going to carry on with this series. Okay. In fact, I've already put a hold on the next book in the uh, in the, in the library app because I think it's worth watching, and I'm interested to see listening. what happens. No, not watching. You're not well, watching uh, watch it. it. Listening to it. I'm interested to keep listening to it. I'm interested to see what happens. And, I'm, and I'd rate this book three and a half stars. Ooh. It, I 
definitely had the the fridge door moment. You don't understand this. So the uh, yeah yeah you, yeah. Re- you watch a movie and you're like great great great, and then you close you, you stop watching it. You finish the book <laughs> you and you put you it down. Go to and the then you, you go and you open the door to the fridge and you're like. Wait, Wait a, a second. <laughs> and oh my goodness, I don't want to give away too much of this book. I mean, I've given away some bits and pieces. But as I finished the book, I was like, and suddenly I had all these other questions. For example, um, Shiala was contracted to be, to deliver this, uh, to deliver Serapio. Um, and then I was like, oh, so that's all that. That's their main feature of this. They were a delivery driver and a love interest. Well, not even a love interest because he's her love interest, if you put it, if you want to put it that way around. Yeah. But she's there to be a delivery driver and a romance. And not not really in this novel, in this one novel, not really anything else going going on there with her. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, Serapia, okay, we've got this cool opening scene. And then I was like, why did he wait until two weeks before he needed to be somewhere in, before to go the there. convergent to set off in that direction and i was like why wasn't he there why didn't he arrive like the year before to make or six months yeah. before to make sure he was definitely going to be there in time for the thing well i guess that's because the uh, the the priestesses didn't tell them before when maybe but that is your head that's you head canoning that okay it's not mentioned that we only discovered we only today two weeks before the eclipse we found out there's going to be an eclipse there because you'd think no, that can't be it because they, the previous eclipse they knew it was going to happen. They they have to know when the eclipse is going to happen. You know, okay, maybe, there's, but maybe there's a, that's there's a part festival. Of the, oh, it's an, an eclipse happening on the, the on the winter the 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 longest solstice. yeah the winter solstice uh, equinox yeah. solstice solstice, solstice. solstice. The winter solstice. So it's it's a, like a double less least amount of sunlight thing. Mm. Um, and then I was like, why is he, why wasn't he in place months before to make sure everything was ready? Who was the prince who paid for the trip? And then there's this massive issue which came to me and I was like, wait a second, Akoa is part of the Crow clan yeah. who is nominally on the side of Crow God carrying Serapio. Yeah. He has a crow which is big enough for him to oh, he could have just flown. flown. And I was like, oh, it's the eagles. Why didn't the eagles take the hobbits to Mordor for them to drop the rings in? <laughs> and I was literally thinking of that. Wait, at one point in the book, they fly a crow over. Uh, 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 he's over at this um, this war college, his, um, uh, a Koa. Uh, yeah, a Koa. Yeah, a Koa. He's at this war college. And his brother or cousin something comes over and says, hey, we're going back. And he's like, great. And they both jump on a crow and fly there and i'm like how far was that like if there's crow travel mm. and he's the the avatar of the crow god mm. why didn't they pick like why are they leaving it for two weeks but if it does only take two weeks why don't they get on the crow network and get a crow deli- like there there is a crow- he can control crows like when he needs help flocks of crows come to him mm. and i'm like if flocks of crows can come to you why don't you get one of those crows to then fly back across the crescent sea or like make their way back tell one of the big crows hey come and pick me and it's one of those things that was like this whole fantasy but the thing is and this is i can't make it a big complaint because like the lord of the rings has the same fridge logic <laughs> yeah. where you're like wait if they can get picked up off the the death mountain or whatever it's called in in mordor yeah that the, they, they get saved by the eagles why couldn't they have been taken there by the and I, again i know there's some that in, so often. in some ways of yeah, doing yeah. Like, no it's not that it happens so often it happens with like the most the biggest most influential uh, yeah. fantasy book of yeah. all time yeah like the ur text of modern fantasy <laughs> is lord of the rings and that has the same plot hole as this so i can't yeah. hold it against this book unless i hold it against lord of the rings to be honest i do hold it against lord i of think the rings. you do i do but here's the thing like if it's not explained within the text and none of this is explained um 
So, yeah, I made another few few notes. One is, romance, is this to just tick a box? Why aren't they fucking already just fuck? Why do romances always have to be about the chaste times? And again, that is a very mm-hmm. squeakor, um, tall wave kind of thing to do. It feels yeah. like the romance influence, which to be honest, no problem at all about romancing. But like, whenever I'm like this, I'm like, why don't they just yeah. fuck? But this is, what? I mean, this is a detour now. But this is the kind of stuff that I always think if I, when I'm watching these uh, period pieces like these period mm. movies or like the dramas, the yeah. dramas from like the Jane Austens and co yeah. and I'm thinking like holy shit if they yeah. would just speak words yeah. and not just like <laughs> this whole like dancing around yeah. looking and saying uh, phrases that don't mean anything if they would just say the thing yeah you wouldn't need the movie. Uh, my other, my last note comes from the blurb, which I only discovered once I like I read the blurb. You know, like you I did say, the research uh, for the uh, podcast. No, no, uh, it was like you say that uh, two thirds of the way, oh, quarter of the way through when I was like, wait a second, what is this book? And mm. then I was like, oh, right, yes, I get it. The first book in between Earth and Sky trilogy, inspired by the civilizations, civilizations, the pre-Columbian Americas, and woven into a tale of celestial prophecies, political intrigue, no, no intrigue in the politics, and forbidden magic. Lots of forbidden magic in this book. Okay, uh, a god will return when the earth and sky converge under the black sun and that's what this book's leading up to mm-hmm. but it says here um described as harmless the passenger serapio is a young man blind scarred and cloaked in destiny as shiala well knows when a man is described as harmless he usually ends up being a villain and you think okay that's good that's in the blurb you can say someone is might be a, like might be harmless but then actually be called a villain in the book in the book itself mm. They, she actually uses this. She actually says, oh, this person is maybe a villain. Oh, I'm not a villain. And I was like, that is not a word. That is a, fi- that is a word that is only used about fiction. Yes. Like a villain <laughs> no. is, is, like, <laughs> is like saying someone is like, oh, that person, the protagonist. And you're like, no, no, you can't, you can't call someone hero protagonist. Unfortunately, hero protagonist is actually a character name in a well-known science fiction book. Yes. My point is, I, I was annoyed about that. Like, you can't use fictional terms to talk about stuff in the real world of the book, even if it's a fictional world. You don't call yeah. someone no, no, a no. villain. The, the whole point of a villain is that they don't... I mean, they might see that in the in the bigger picture they are the villain, but they don't see them because they are either so narcissistic yeah. or they they just do what they do. Yeah, they're, they're the, not. The, the <laughs> in the real world, we don't use the word villain to talk about someone. We call them a sociopath or a psychopath or a murderer or a, a narcissist. Uh, or well, narcissism is different, but like a, a despot, a dictator, yeah. a, um, a homicidal, you know, whatever. A you, bad you, person. You know, genocidal, <laughs> whatever you want to say. It's like you don't use the word villain because villain is a role in a in a it's a it's a role in a fairy tale. Yeah. Anyway, so also besides, do <laughs> you know yeah. what I'm going to talk about? Besides, besides, there's a thing where you say someone will say besides. Yeah. Uh, because the the author can't can't decide what the main response is going to be. <laughs> if someone says something and they disagree, they should just go, no, don't be stupid. And that's how normal people talk. Yep. Like they say, no, don't be stupid. And the next one say, why is it stupid? And you say, it's stupid because of this. But authors can't decide which of the, di- where in the dialogue tree they've got to go. So like you said about, I can't remember what book it was, but you said it's like a choose your own adventure where the author is listing out all the possible responses. Yep. This is one of the only books where i think we got two besides in a row with one character something something besides something 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 
besides okay. something i was like whoa that's we got a, we got a double besides thing there so um obviously something the editor didn't see because this yeah. is the kind of stuff you should you should always just see yeah, these kind of it just words. doesn't work in insta so yeah. overall mm. overall i would just want to say stylistically there are some of the there is many of the things which are signifiers for squeakor mm. but enough it, but done competent, like written competently enough and the characters interesting enough mm. that I don't mind squeeing to this. Okay. If you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I like, get it. Like when they actually end up fucking, I'm like, oh, that was actually quite satisfying. That was the long chase periods before. Although it's a bit of a weird sex scene where they're like, they're bathing, but they don't clean themselves first. And it's like the first bath that they've had in two weeks. Oh. Uh, which could be fine but then like she starts with the feet and i'm like is this a foot fetish kind of thing anyway it's a bit weird you take it in your own take it in your own way but it's good that they actually got some sexy fun time action and going on as well it's good. um they um, uh, 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 there's good uh, again let's tick all of the squeakor tour wave boxes gender fluidity gender di- like diversity there is there is a um, a non uh, non-gendered pronoun that is used in this which uh, is i guess x e like z more she rather G. than she yeah. z maybe not sure the audiobook narrator felt like they were kind of like just guessing each time they said it as well i'm not sure um all good stuff bisexual characters gay characters whatever all all of the good stuff in here like yeah. all of the representation it's you know coming in with navajo this and different races here and there all of the all of the stuff in the book all of that good stuff yeah. So in the terms of inclusion, representation, progressive, it ticks, ticks all of the boxes. Nice. All of that kind of stuff, which is all good, which is kind of like a signifier of of uh, tall wave squeak or yeah. no problem at all. Um, the thing, though, that this all came about, squeak or came about, this is me wrapping up my, my the, the, this podcast yeah. and me talking about tall wave and squeak or, is that it mostly... I was going to say solidified, but it became a movement against the the um, the, the the sad puppies and the rabid puppies, which were like very conservative politically, mm-hmm. right wing, gamergate, you know, mm-hmm. like uh, all of the you know that right side where people don't want, and it was defeated by very very centrist, very um, uh, uh, like neoliberal politics that is what this group is this yeah, group like, of authors like the politics in the u.s yes. are like always uh, this, this all of these authors are so mainstream american u.s politics it's actually painful to read mm. because when they come into um when they get into like fantasy they're like oh what do we have oh we have priests or we have emperors and we all of these like positions of these classic positions of power mm-hmm. that like the last emperor the emperor mm. the emperor the emperor being like the uh, the non gender specific emperor or empress yeah. uh, is emperor um and it's always the worst politics possible <laughs> like the worst <laughs> politics if you're going to say okay we're going to be inclusionary we're going to be progressive in terms of race and gender and sexuality and all of these other kind of things um but it's from the point of view of like this really neoliberal might makes right kind of place yeah where it doesn't matter 
It doesn't matter what you do. Like, it doesn't matter that Obama, you know, ordered drone strikes against people and continued on with war camps. But he was a charismatic guy who was, like, good at heart, you mm. know. And as mm. long as individually you're mm. good, you can participate in, the, mm. in a system which is massively oppressive as long as you're good. And again, this is not me talking about anything from a right-wing point of view. I'm just saying that the the... Rightly so, the sad puppies and the rabid puppies were defeated by better politics or like by a group of writers who had been a group of authors and a group of fans with en better politics. Enjoyable but those variety. better politics yeah. are not my politics. Yeah. And I can see that over and over yeah. in these, uh, these American authors writing about um, emperors, about... Yeah, again, uh, let's just go back over it because it's really easy to find a list of these kind of authors because it's right here in the Hugo-nominated things. So, yeah, like Martha Wells, um, where it's, you know, the, the characters that you're with are the powerful war machines being directed by, you know... Uh, a corporation. The, the corporations and yeah. stuff. Oh, and the corporations are bad, but are they bad? Oh, no, people who work for the corporation. The people who work for the corporation aren't bad, but the corporation's bad. And I'm just, oh, what's going... And then you've got, like, the then this, like, the main human character is, like, the prime minister. It's always, like, right at the very top mm. of all of the power structures. Mm -hmm. You're talking about emperors, kings, leaders of the things like every princes single, yeah princes you know like uh louis mcbaston mcmassive joel yeah yeah you, that's like, it like, like it's they go who's the most interesting character in society how about an admiral who's also the a, son of yeah. a, a, a leader yeah. a prime yeah. minister the son kind of, the of prime person. minister who it's revealed later on if the the emperor or the yeah, the king. If the king dies, he's like third in line to the yeah. throne, and it's, also he's he's friend with it with yeah, the emperor. Yeah, he's friends. He's in there, all palling yeah. around the calculating stars. I'm not going to talk about, but you know, it's the same thing with a lot of these. You know, a lot of these these books. Uh, and again, there's nothing wrong. Oh, the Goblin Emperor is like the one of the worst ones of these as well, where mm. you're like, you are the cast out person, and you're now going to be the emperor of this entire thing, and it's them like <laughs> learning to be a good yeah. emperor, but they're, always... they're not a good emperor. There's oh, always, they're nice. No, not good. <laughs> this always feels a bit like this whole like um, you, you have a similar thing in the liberals in Germany. Liberals in Germany are very different to this kind yeah, of yeah, stuff. Yeah. But this um, there's this this whole point where, for example, in the last election, the liberals got lots of votes from young people. Yeah. Because there is this inherent inherent dream. Yeah. Did you become rich? <laughs> right, yeah. And then yeah, if yeah. you become rich, you're not rich right now. Yeah. But if you do, you don't want to pay too many taxes. Yeah. So now you're voting yeah. for this to be like... The, the financially in, conservative party yeah, yeah. To, to make sure it, it, that you don't... Pay. You're not voting for yourself. Yeah, yeah. But for maybe the dream that you at some point yeah, maybe it, you get rich yeah it is uh, it is one of these things anyway where the podcast i was listening to about this um squeakor and stuff is that the writers there is like there's diversity in terms of like ethnic minorities and ethnic backgrounds and different races and genders and all that kind of stuff but then the there isn't a lot of diversity in terms of class mm. like the, yeah. it actually says here uh, let me look because i made some notes about it it says oh yeah it's written by people who go to these costly workshops these clarion workshops workshops mm. which are like six weeks long and cost five thousand dollars so you have to have five thousand dollars to spare and yeah. six weeks to be able to take off i can't take six weeks off you can't take six weeks no. off that's not the kind we're even us oh with and our, americans yeah. i mean i could i theoretically have six weeks of holiday yeah, yeah. i could do that yeah, you can't just take it off and but the 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 yeah. people in the us in the usa they yeah. quit their jobs for 
one day of holiday. So it turns out a third, I think I saw something somewhere that a third of all short story nominated authors mm-hmm. uh, uh, came from these workshops, oh. these Clarion workshops okay. and stuff like that. Um, and then they voted on, do you want to vote for one of your books to win? $50 just to vote. If you want to go to the convention, that's $1,000 to, you know, for the hotels and mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. It's very, very exclusive. And again, I'm not using this as any way to, to denigrate these people at all, but it says here, Roan Horse graduated from Yale U- University and later earned her JD degree. I'm get, that's a, It says she uh, she worked as an attorney, so I'm guessing JD degree is a... It's uh, like a law degree. A law degree. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think it is. Actually, I can just hover over the mouth. Juris Doctor. Yes, yeah, so she's a Doctor of Law. Doctor of Jurisprudence is the thing. Um, she uh, so Yale University, a law degree, and yeah, and it and it's great that she's like specializing in federal Indian law and lived for several years in the Navajo Nation. You know, it's all good. But like, what like if you go to Yale University and you're a doctorate of law, like this, the politics there isn't for me. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. that is not my politics. And I just want to bring something up that happens in this book is that. Our main characters are the magical characters. Yeah. There's literally someone who is a personification of a god. And the woman is like literally a mermaid. Like she turns into a sea creature and can swim around and also commune with the sea. Mm. Like she's Moana plus the plus the mermaid or something yeah. like that. And um, and when the sailors find out that she's a mermaid, guess what mermaids are at sea? Bad luck. You, you don't want to hear them singing and oh, stuff like yes, that. Of course. So mm. what does she do? They're usually kills them all and that's it so all of the working class people every single person who isn't what? magical nobility yeah uh, uh, but don't they need people for to no, make the got magic. turns out they didn't need it they just bring some crows over and flap the wings and make some 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 wind between between the crows and the and the, the sea magic they well, did that's they never need, yeah it's horrific and literally Every single person is killed on the boat except the two magic people. Everybody who isn't noble, who isn't like uh, the highest echelons mm. of, of there, they're not included in the world. Mm. They don't count. Mm. And when they're all killed off, it's just a thing that happens along the way mm-hmm. to people in the to, to the important people the people who are going to become gods the people who are going to become emperors and i see this time and time again there was that there was the one you know there's a story about up in the north pole where people have orcas or whatever like that can't remember they, everyone has a familiar and in the end of the book all the impo- everybody has the magical powers that are available yeah and then there's a whole society of people who don't have the magical powers but the characters the important character of the book it's it's all superhero origin stories mm. all of these books are it's all about like oh this person it, it would be interesting to read some of these stories from the point of view of like i don't know a normal person who isn't destined to become emperor and when they do just then ignore where they come from you yeah. know so or even and, and, th- where they grew up with who yeah. they grew up with where they grew up with now this isn't to say that I, again i i mostly enjoy this book but the unthinking treatment of again <laughs> the untreatment uncaring treatment or the unthinking um killing of the working class in a book like this mm. displays this 
as the people who this you know, talking about the squee court, it's like a gentrification of science fiction. Mm-hmm. It's like an elite group of people who have like lo- went to Yale University and law degrees and are going from a very very mainstream neoliberal right might makes right kind of way of doing it. That if you just want to kill off a whole ship full of sailors, that is an exciting fun plot point rather than what I think bad planning. You know. Yeah, it's weird. It's weird. Sort of like, oh. It's, All it's, of this wasn't necessary. It wasn't if necessary. they would just have If they were competent crows. at their jobs, they wouldn't have done that. <laughs> if he had decided to leave more than two weeks, they wouldn't have had to go across the sea. If they hadn't have decided to go through, this is a winter and they're sailing winter, they're like, oh, there's going to be storms. It's like, yeah, but I'll do it. So I'm like, no, go around the edge. Be late. Like, what is it? They're like, ah, oh, you've got to get this person from there to there. And it's sort of like, mm, well, it doesn't matter if an entire ship full of people die. As long as I get to the other end, I'll be able to get paid and I'll have done my job. And mm. I'm like, it, it's disgusting. It's awful. However, that doesn't stop me it's say enjoying a book. I mention I have similar criticisms <laughs> to like more of the libertarian kind of things. Of course, libertarian science fiction. The moon is a harsh mistress. You know why people can survive on the moon? You know why it's a, it's, it's a, a, a thriving um, settlement up there and they have enough people and everyone fits in? Oh, was in? that with the um, people are being um, is yeah. reused? No. No. Literally... 50% of everybody who arrives on the moon doesn't make it and is thrown out the airlock and killed. That's it. So ah. if you don't fit into the system, you die. And then we have a fun, interesting uh, story about the rest of the people who survive. But ah. it's only the people who fit in. It's only the people who are accepted. It's only the people who aren't, you know, don't butter big. It's a utopian society. It's a utopian society that is based on literally 50% of everybody who arrives on the moon is thrown out the airlock and killed. Now, if you can get past that, if you can say the price for me to have a utopian society, this is in the moon as a harsh mistress, is like a libertarian utopian society is for 50% of all the people who arrive is to, uh, to be thrown out the airlock and die. If you can get past that, you can have an interesting story to be told about this thing. Mm. Now, and that's what mm-hmm. I find yeah, yeah, with, I get all, it. Yeah. with all of these um, squeak or American authors, tall wave people, that if you can get past the thing this which is sort of like everybody is a temporarily embarrassed millionaire or whatever it is yeah, you know you're yeah. saying like you're, everybody is writing like... the aspirational like ah oh, if only i had this superpower yeah. i'd be the good superpower i'd be the good one you yeah. know but the, being the good superpower you have to use those powers and who are those powers used against not against other powerful people not against like bringing things making the world better for yeah. everyone yeah. not for the People who you came from, you were the downtrodden one before yeah. you became the head priestess. Yeah. And what have you done? You've ne- you never went. It literally said you never went back to see your son, your your brothers. Mm. You never went back to see you. Go- you made good, and as soon as you made good, you left them behind. And this is coming back to bite you. But you don't earn. You don't learn your lesson. And the only reason you go and talk to your brother again is because he made good. He's now the the most important crime boss. Mm. So even like two people from the same family it can't be like oh you find your brother from back in the day and he resents you and he's poor and then you have to work out which happens in the goblin emperor and quite a lot of these other things you know where someone's lifted up in this case it's like 
you, you find the person from your past and they also now have superpowers. In this mm. case, he's the crime boss and yeah. he has a whole group of people who can, like, at his, be- you know, beck and whim. And this feels- time and time and time again, it happens that the only important people, the people with power and the people who they use their power against, is this, but the thing, it's exactly the same with all of these Marvel movies, you know, that one of the worst ones is the, the Captain America and the Winter Soldier, no, what is it? The Falcon and the Winter Soldier kind of thing, where you're like, oh, so these people who are standing up for these oppressed people in the end, oh, they're the people who you use with your superpower with your god-given not god-given but whatever the superpowers that you have are you you demonstrate them against not the the not the powerful you do it against the working class and the weak and it's super distressing to me but i can still enjoy books written with this point of view by these authors yep now i have two points yes uh, one point is about this you're not uh, a millionaire yet this is the kind of thing like <laughs> in my in, for me it's always like oh everybody is just not disabled yet yeah and um, and so here here we have this again this uh, we are all just not millionaires yet so but oh, we, we still don't have, have superpowers yet no but no we but we, we, we have to to live our lives supporting yeah. these people in case yeah. we get there at some yeah. point and um, it's the this the same kind of like um storytelling over and over again like you you're you're making that point i disagree with that point but i'm just saying yes carry on with it yeah and um it's this kind of um you know the the princess diaries now what what was it called like where uh, you live a normal life and yeah. then you find out ooh, your oh, grandmother yeah. is the queen yeah. of uh, uh a kingdom Monrovia. and then you become the princess this is like over and over again we see these kind of stories and um everybody wishes for that yeah. you know uh, you marry somebody and it yeah. turns out oh they're actually really rich but they didn't tell me because they wanted me to love them for yeah. themselves and not for their but the, the same kind of thing is happening in here. Like, oh, I thought I was just a normal girl, but who could have this magic? Oh, it turns yeah. out I'm a mermaid and I have yeah. superpowers. And it's like everybody is a tempor- temporarily, like everybody is um, super, like pre, pre-origin pre story superhero. Yeah, in yeah. These, in no, these no, I, I get all that. And my second point is that, you know how I am. I always want to think of book authors yeah. in, in the best possible yeah. so what my reading of all this often is is yeah. that okay they're writing this to show how bad this is and no, how we shouldn't no, do no. that and all how of we... these authors all of these authors concentrate on the wealthy the powerful the the ones who get the superheroes i'm not to say it's i'm not saying that any of these are bad in and of itself writing stuff from a very centrist neoliberal point of view doesn't make any of these bad it makes them american authors who went to yale university Mm. that's what it makes these i don't know the backgrounds of all of these but they're the people who can afford five thousand dollars for a clarion workshop and six weeks away this is who is writing these stories and while i can enjoy a lot of the stories like i've enjoyed lots of this writing it's like it's all like all of them have a similar tone all of them have a similar vibe yeah you can definitely feel it and it it feels it and Mm. that's different from the Heinlein vibe of like Mm. libertarian and like weird politics which is funny but and also it's very different from the authors from the like 1960s and 70s because Mm. that wasn't a a like it was a lot less there there was a lot less thinking about it in that of those issues yeah but all of this neoliberal might makes right just wait until you get your superpowers and then you can kill all the working class people Mm. that because there's a a layer of you know 
um, diversity and representation and uh, over and the fun top stuff of it, on top, fun yeah. stuff over mm. the top. And yeah, and also it's just fun stories, mm. mindless stories, comfortable stories. It, it, you don't dwell on the oh, the cool moment where the triumphant moment in this book is where all of these very very scared people behind are afraid of you. And why are they afraid of you? They're afraid of you because you're a magical being who doesn't abide by the same laws, and it's dangerous to have you on the ship with them. And why it turns is it out da- why it is, is it dangerous, dangerous to have the magic people on the ship with you? Oh, it's because you might kill them all. And what is your solution to that problem? Yeah. Kill them all. It's it's literally the uh we it's had to destroy this we had to destroy the village. Why do you have to destroy the well we needed to save the village, so what do you do? We destroyed the village. So you destroyed the village to save the village. Yes. Right, great. And that's what it felt like here as well. Yeah. I have the ship full of sailors, and the problem is is that they think I'm very dangerous. Yeah. How do I get around this? Mm. Like how do I get past this? It's mm. sort of like, ah, kill them all. What is the better way to do it? How about like tell them that you're a magic like you know she doesn't know that she like she's it comes as a surprise to her that she's a mermaid and i'm like of course she's a mermaid she's been a mermaid this entire time there's a reason why people are trying to take her bones because they're obviously, she's obviously that magical you know mm. and it's crazy that it comes as a surprise to her and she doesn't know how to deal with it i'm like you should have been you should just prepare for this you're meant to be the competent one in the book like why am i why is the solution to your incompetence kill everybody mm. you're the mermaid how about the solution is the Rose distract them and you jump overboard and swim to safety because you're a fucking mermaid and the crow guy with you he can get his crow people to fly him to safety because he's the crow god who literally has crows big enough to arrive and take him away the solution isn't kill all the working class people who are afraid of you it's swim and fly away you fucking swimming flying god representatives like that's your job is to be is to swim away okay it isn't to kill the poor sailor people who are just afraid of you and like have got scurvy or whatever they're suffering from you know these poor people yeah anyway they are are the poor people and it's it's almost a comedy moment when the crows turn up and shred every single bit of flesh from their bones like and i'm like why is that the moment that i meant to go squee i don't go squee i go squick or whatever the opposite is like (laughs) i go yuck but i couldn't Again, I'm an adult reader and I can read books by people whose politics I disagree with and whose politics disgust me, including people who I think it's great that there's a wider diversity and representation, which is what the sad puppies and rabid puppies, they're like, we don't want more diversity. Mm -hmm. We don't want representation. We want more fiction for white people, for white men. That's what fiction should be about. And I'm like, no, not that. It's great that there hasn't been a white man win a Hugo for, you know, 70 years. It's a pity that the last one was John Scalzi for a book which wasn't very good. Um, but uh, yeah, it's like I, I, this this ossification now of this style of science fiction can still throw up good good works of fiction. Yeah. Interesting stories, fun characters, but really what it is, it's kind of a politically bland, like, you know, box ticking kind of stuff. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And again, I didn't want to get too much into I, In fact, I obviously did want to get into... I was like, I didn't uh, want to you, talk about that, but it's the thing that I spend 20 minutes talking about is actually the thing obviously I wanted to talk about. Yeah. But yeah, I just wanted to bring that up. Like, okay. So, but you still give it three and a half I'm going to give it three and a half stars because my enjoyment was, for the most part, mostly enjoyable. Yeah. Even while I saw all of the aesthetics and stylistic things, which I see in other books and go, that's a, that's a lazy writing. But here's the thing. 
a lot of this comes from people who grew up reading like Harry Potter and all of the influences of these TV influences and movie influences rather than literary influences. Yeah. I can't expect better from somebody who I know it's weird to say this. Like the How best the best I oh, I don't know, probably 35. I'm just get uh, 1971. Oh, she's a year older than me. Um but what I what I'm trying to say is like th- what I now expect from Hugo and Nebula award-winning books is this. Like, I now know that the most interesting thing that I'm ever going to get out of these things is maybe I'll get a Piranesi now and then where mm. I'm like, ah, oh, this is interesting. Like, the politics of that are really interesting because uh, yeah. it's a British writer. So again, it's okay. Yeah, maybe that's it. Maybe I just need to go, is this author American and are they nominated for a Hugo Nebula Award? If so, I know what's going to be there. Like, yeah. I know what the politics is. And I'm not saying that's bad. I'm just saying it's a bit of a pity that now... Martha Wells network effect is ticks all the boxes so well and so much from the in crowd that that's the one that wins the Hugo and the Nebula award. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, ah, I wish there's a bit more space that like, if there is something written from slightly different point of view in a slightly different way, like Piranesi, I'm like, oh, it's a pity that Piranesi isn't, isn't going to get, you know, isn't going to get, isn't going to win because it's told from the point of view of, I know a British man, (laughs) you know, it's, it's a, it's a weird, it's a weird way of looking at it. Yeah. It's well, I can't. I can't really uh, say uh, anything about. Like, I can't. I can't praise Piranesi because I just didn't. You did, really it wasn't didn't. for you. No, that's what I'm saying. But for me, I thought it was an amazing book. Yeah. And even though I only gave it four stars, I pretty much went straight back again and listened to the whole audiobook again. I know. And none of these books make me feel that. You know, except you know, um, Nine Fox Gambit and and uh, uh, and I'll probably reread the Ancillary Justice or Ancillary, whatever the first one of those yeah. is. Yeah. Like there are books which do stand out, which I will give four stars, authors who are in this. But it's kind of a pity that once an author is kind of accepted into this squee core, you Bubble. know, twee, uh, no, what is it? Um, tour wave kind of group. Once they're in the in group, it's kind of like then there's like a self-policing that like nothing can be too experimental. Oh, no, no, don't don't push it too far. Uh, maybe I'm not sure. Maybe that just isn't the stuff that's marketed in the end, I guess. It's, but it's, it's like half marketing and half in group of all the people voting for themselves. And then the yeah. people who can afford $50 to vote for a prize. They're the ones who who happen to pick out like the kind of more. I don't oh know. yeah, it's it's a, a selection bias. Yeah, like, yeah, that's the like thing. The, and, the biggest. What I'm just saying home. is that it's great to now have other people. And again, this is this is just this year. And I've been talking about this stuff for a while, like for the last few years. Yes. Like recognizing there is this movement, and it's good now to have a framework that somebody tagged me in a twint which mentioned Squeakor, and I'm like, ah, other people have already like are also f- thinking have about these. Picked out all of these same facets and more. Like I haven't mentioned that many. Like I we I talked you through it yesterday. Yeah, and people can find yeah. it and read it themselves. It's a yeah. rabbit hole you can go down. Yeah, it's a rabbit hole yeah. that I went down. Again, I read one article and listened to one and a half podcasts That's about it. already But it was good. I, but I made some notes and I was, I was like, yep. And I was literally going, yep, yep. I've noticed that too. Yep, I've noticed that too. Yep, I've noticed that too. And I have a few other things that I notice as well. Yeah. Um, yep, that's it. Uh, what's the next book? Uh, I will have Or the book you're currently reading. Uh, or... The book, th- I'm reading a few. I also finished Robot Dreams by Isaac Asimov. Talk about a book with some, some stories with some weird politics, which I, I found quite interesting. Okay. So that's a short story collection. Yeah. I might not do it. To be honest, I read that because um, Sid, who is, we're doing this other podcast, one, some of the books that we wanted to talk about with him, mm-hmm. with about the, uh, you know, the um, artificial intelligence and science fiction yeah. stuff. So, so the stories that I'd suggested that we read oh, is are in this collection. In the There's okay. like three or four 
stories about the multi. Well, you can talk. Yeah. Uh, so maybe on I'll, this I, podcast that's what I'm about... I might do that podcast with him, yeah, but yeah. that's gonna I'm gonna, that's gonna have to wait until afterwards. Um, City we became. I'm not gonna do a podcast about. And then I've got two of the books, a few of the books. But really, I'm actually gonna pause because we tomorrow are setting off on yes. a 24 hour worth of driving, three days of driving down to Spain. Yeah. And so I've got some books that I might want to uh, listen to with you. Oh. One is Stanislav Lem. Yeah. Uh-huh. Another translated, I guess, from Polish book. Another yes. a, a book of him. Um, and another one is Ursula K. Le Guin, one of the Hain cycle book, Hainish cycle books, which I've not read, which I'm also okay. like to get. Otherwise, we can just find another book. But those are two books which uh, stood could out to be, me. Could be things. In the library app. And I thought sounds, I'd go. Sounds very good. All right. Yeah, it's our summer holiday and yep. uh, uh, it's going to be hot. So hot. I'm already really hot now. Yeah. The fans are on in here. If you hear, can hear some rumbling in the back, that's what we can hear. Yeah. But yes, let's, let's press stop with this. Um, and get back to it. packing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I just want to say for the future, if anyone else has anything that we want to say, negative or positive against Squeecore and or Tor Wave stuff, again, I don't like... Like it's fun to have a name for it. I don't want to be disparaging to everybody in it because they're they're fish they're they're fish in water and they don't know what's wet. You know they don't know yeah. what water is because they're fish. They don't realize that all of the politics is the same because they're all American authors in a big group of people who pay for each other to to win. Yeah. Um. So again, I don't want to be denigrating to any individual author. Just they're not me. And if so, people want to talk about it, that yeah, was the want to talk how you about started it, and, it. Yeah, you can go on to the episode feedback over on goodreads.com, uh, the SFBRP listener group there. You can and, even make it a completely new thread. No, I honestly would prefer that not to happen. Okay. I honestly would prefer this podcast not to be a nexus of... Uh, any to- any discussion about American politics because okay. I don't want to I don't want to be tagged in any other tweet with saying hey Luke is dogpiling onto the Squeecore people or he thinks that's a fun but name but you don't like, even know if if that was the context that your name came up you because you haven't no, even I'm listened saying to the I podcast no I'm saying I don't want anybody else to mention me on Twitter I just I just don't want to be I don't want to be involved in it you know yeah because sure. i know i know that there, there can be the people dogpile on on twitter no, no, no. I'm not interested like jesse said i'm not involved i'm not part of the scene i'm not a fan podcast i'm not a fan of any of these authors all i do is do book reviews and criticism that's all that's i'm here for and this way keeping track of what you read yeah yeah i'm keeping track of what i read and sometimes i'll say that some authors in a big in group who are all looking out for each other and if you say anything bad about their books, like, I'm okay for all of those to block me on Twitter. It doesn't affect me or my life at all. And yeah. I only say that because some of these authors have blocked me on Twitter, probably because I say their books are some of the worst books I've ever read. Happens. And it's not because I disagree with their politics. It's because their writing is garbage. And that's it. It's not because I don't like diversity. I'm just making this very, very clear here. I should have made this very clear at the start of the podcast. No, I think it's, now, you know, now you're repeating things now for the I third know, time. I'm just it's making very it clear. very, very clear. I'm not on the side of the sad puppies or rabid puppies. No, I don't think anybody would <laughs> I'm think I'm just that. making it very clear that my critique is always about the writing. It's not even about the politics because I enjoy reading books from political points of view, which are not my own. Even that. Even if I disagree with the politics, it's not yeah. about that. It's only yeah. about the writing. And the writing of this was perfectly serviceable. So three and a half stars. Yeah, which That's is it. a really good result. Yeah, for one of these books, three and a half stars is actually like above average for quite a lot of the books that have been mentioned here. Yes. Anyway, that's it for me. Thanks a lot for listening. Oh, hit the microphone. That's it for me. Thanks a lot for listening and I'll catch you next time. Goodbye.